0: It is Thursday, July 13th. I'm Scott Sandberg. And I'm A.J. Hoffman. We were on a break. Here comes the Vegas truth. This is Straight
1: out of Vegas. Give me
0: We are Straight out of Vegas AM, your daily destination for sports conversation with a Vegas lean. Here's what you need to know to start your day.
1: Was that a Friends reference,
0: Scott? What, the here's what you need to know to start your day? I think you know what I'm talking about. Oh, we were on a break. Yeah. Okay. Ross, Rachel.
2: Okay. Very manly show. Very manly show.
0: Very, (laughs) very manly. Uh, It's the All-Star break, though, so I figured, you know. Let's let's
1: talk (laughs) ESPYs! Did you watch? No. So you know there
0: was no host this year. What? There's because the writer strike. There was no host. So what they did was they had Aww. Pat McAfee do the monologue and then just other Did he write his own monologue? Right. He did. Good question? He did. You I'm sure. That? Like, no, I'm sure his like producers and stuff yeah. helped him and whatever. But so he's a
2: scab. <laughs> he's a scab.
0: <laughs> but Pat McAfee did the monologue and then they had uh very you know, obviously ESPN personalities and athletes and all that stuff did all the presenting. But yeah, because of the writer strike, there was no There's no host. I think Pat Mack, if he made a joke that it was supposed to be Kevin Hart and he never mentioned Kevin Hart, but he described Kevin Hart. I don't know if that's true, but if it is, then Kevin Hart decided not to do it because he's standing with the the writers. Or we can all take shots at Kevin Hart right now and say that he can't do a monologue without having his writers. Obviously. Oh, see, you know. What you think about that? That's my Kevin Hart impression. And he's short. Well, now you now you I wasn't gonna mention that, but that's (laughs) boy. Way to take a shot at Scott yeah, there. Exactly. <laughs> what are you, a height supremacist? Get out of here. All right, well, let's I want to talk about the SPs just for a couple of minutes because some of the awards, and I'm not saying like this is a debatable thing I disagree with whatever, but there's some some ones that I, I wanted to ask like AJ, I wanted to ask you about best UFC fighter. John Jones wins best UFC fighter. To me, I don't think that makes sense. I, I, I get it. He's, like, the best pound for pound, maybe, like, of the past couple of generations. Yeah. But didn't he just fight one time after, like, having his suspensions and everything lifted? Yeah.
1: And I, I, I'd i put him in conversation for best comeback performance or best comeback, whatever, player or whatever they want to say. Uh, but the best UFC fighter in the last year, to me, is Islam Mahashev, who beat. Charles not only beat Charles Oliveira to win the 155-pound title, mm-hmm. but also beat Alexander Volkanovsky, the 145-pound champ, mm-hmm. which was basically a matchup for the pound-for-pound pound title. So, I, I, like, John Jones being the best UFC fighter is surprising to mm-hmm. me considering he he's fought once in, like, the last three years. So, no, I, I wouldn't have gone that way. But, I mean, I guess there's, like, a vote on these things that is – and. If I I saw the nominees, it's Leon Edwards, John Jones, Islam Mahashev, and Amanda Nunes. One of those is a household name. Let's just face it. Uh, like the yeah. the UFC is is way bigger now than it was ten or fifteen years ago. But most UFC fighters aren't household names. Unless you're a, a fan of the sport, you don't know those names. Even if you're not a fan of MMA. You know that John Jones is a, a really good UFC fighter. Mm-hmm. So
0: if fans are voting and they're just going through their ballot, that's who they're going to vote for. Did you see the the Justin Jefferson got the best play with that crazy one-handed catch that he made against the Bills? Does that was that the best play of the year in sports? I don't know. That's that's a tough thing
1: Fourth to call. Worth
2: down. It's a nice catch.
0: It was
1: it was a nice catch. ended um, up winning the game. And again, this is let, let me give you the um, the competitors in that round. There was Michael Block's hole-in-one. Do you remember that?
0: That was awesome. That was, yeah, U.S. Open. Everyone talked about it. It was incredible. D- tell me any – Tell, give me one fact about Michael Block. He was uh, the golf
1: pro. He hit a hole-in-one that, at the U.S. Open. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Like, that's all we know about him. Right, if he well. was any
2: other player, would he be on this list? No, no.
0: All right, what are the other nominees?
1: Ali Lamos with the perfect corner – to tie the national championship game NCAA. Ali Lamosh. Yeah,
0: everyone knows <laughs> Allie Lamos. You,
1: mean, you mean the corner? Yeah. Trinity Thomas, perfect 10, tying the all-time NCAA record.
2: Trinity Thomas. Uh, is that gymnastics? Gymnastics. Yeah, no. So,
1: like, <laughs> if that was the four nominees, Michael Block, Allie Lamos,
0: Trinity Thomas, Justin Jefferson no I get it. who wins of course he wins I get it but uh, I don't know was that like was that the best play of the NFL season probably Justin Jefferson yeah probably I would have said the uh the fumble at the goal line (laughs) when Josh Allen fumbled the snap (laughs) that would have been that's the best play uh comeback athlete Jamal Murray I think that's that's a nice story came back from the injury and the, the the Nuggets Nuggets won the title, but
1: again that's one where you want to put a John Jones. That's the conversation yeah. for him to be in best yeah. comeback athlete.
0: Um, obviously Otani MLB player, uh, Mahomes NFL, McDavid NHL, Jokic NBA. Funny, it's it's not uh it wasn't Joel Embiid. No, wasn't the MVP. It was not. How funny. Best NFL player went to the league MVP in Patrick Mahomes. Best NHL player went to the MVP in Connor McDavid. Best MLB player did not go to the MVP, but it went to the former MVP who's now going to be the new MVP in Shohei Otani. But the best NBA player didn't go to the MVP Uh, in uh, Joel Embiid. It went uh. to the finals MVP, the guy who should have won MVP in the regular season, Nikola Jokic. I think that's interesting. That is interesting. Uh, Best tennis player, Novak Djokovic. That's, you know, we're not going to win that every year. Yeah, Um, It was nice. They gave Liam Hendricks the award for the Jimmy V award. Um, Liam Hendricks returned from cancer and is back pitching now for the White Sox. The Pat Tillman Award for Service went to the Bills training staff. That was like an emotional moment. DeMar Hamlin presented the award and everyone was crying on stage. I got one beef with all of these awards. Okay. The best team. Best soccer player. Oh, the best best team. Okay. One best team. The Kansas City Chiefs. Tell me how the I, Oklahoma Sooners softball team is not the best team in sports. That's not where I was going to go.
2: I was thinking Georgia. but tell I me was going to go Georgia Bulldogs, too. Tell okay. me about Oklahoma first.
0: Okay. Georgia's not bad back-to-back national championships, right? And not only that, like, literally took a shit on the chest of TCU yes. in the championship yes. game.
1: Yes. Um, Literally. Literally, (laughs) like they did it. The dogs squatted
0: and like it was terrible. Well, first off, was the Oklahoma softball team like nominated?
1: They were. Okay. Nominees were Denver Nuggets, Georgia Bulldogs, Kansas City Chiefs. Here's another one that you can argue for. Las Vegas Aces, uh, LSU Tigers, Women's Basketball. Okay,
0: but Oklahoma has now won 53 straight games. That's not in one year. This is the best team for one year. With consecutive national
1: championships. And, nope, last year's championship doesn't count. Georgia did the same thing, by the way. Sure. I and mean, the Vegas Golden Knights were also nominated.
2: Mm. VGK, VGK. If you take into the whole year, the Aces have a strong arg- argument. They won I the agree. championship last year, and they've been the most dominant team in sports so far. That's very the true. Season.
0: Well, I guess when you put it that way, maybe Georgia. I I mean, uh, that's what
1: I would have gone with, but, I mean, Oklahoma doesn't, they, they don't lose games either.
2: So how long is the 53-game stretch? How many do they play a season?
1: It's three seasons. Like it's right, going right. back. Well, not going bad. back one season, two seasons, In and season. into yeah. the next, the third season. So, um, yeah,
2: remember the LSU the Tigers. Not there, yeah. the, the
1: LSU not Tigers there. women's basketball team. They weren't even supposed to win.
0: Yeah. Now, I
1: now this is going to make me sound
0: sexist that, and terrible. That girl won the break breakthrough athlete. The one. Remember, she did the Angel John Reese. Cena Angel can't Reese. see me,
1: Whatever.
2: Yep, yep,
1: yep. This does this make me sexist? Yes. If you have to ask. The girl who played at Iowa that was supposed to be the big star of the tournament. Caitlin they were Clark. The, okay, Caitlin Clark. Yeah. They were supposed to be the best team. I couldn't even remember her name. I couldn't have, they so didn't I win Googled the championship. It. Like that's crazy, right? Like yeah. she was on pace to be the big star of the women's tournament. They were gonna win the championship, and then they didn't, and now I can't even remember her name. Uh, That's yeah. wild.
2: She might be the best women's player like on the planet right now, But Caitlin Clark. But
1: I couldn't remember her name because they lost. If they would have won, because I remembered Angel Reese. Yep. I remember Angel Reese pointing at her ring mm-hmm, finger. Mm-hmm. I remember that moment, but they lost that game. So, Caitlin Clark, sorry, I forgot about you because you were a loser. You should've lost.
2: Should have tried harder. Caitlin right.
0: Clark, didn't. she did win an award, though, for best uh, female college athlete. Deservedly so.
1: All right. She won it over Jordy Ball a Oklahoma Sooners softball player. Simone Biles. Mm. And
0: Trinity Thomas, Thomas, Florida Gators gymnastics player. Listen, I don't know. So, best record-breaking performance went to LeBron James for passing Kareem Abdul-Jabbar for the NBA scoring record. And LeBron? I have one more beef.
1: Novak Djokovic won his 23rd Grand Slam. He is the all-time Grand Slam champion in men's tennis, which goes back to the Eighteen hundreds. I get LeBron scored more points than a, than anybody else. And, and by the way, both of these are longevity awards. Yeah. I, I think certainly, but Novak is still not even close to done. It doesn't feel like.
0: I I don't know. What are the odds on Novak to win
1: Wimbledon? He's Wimbledon. minus
0: two hundred right now. Oh yeah. man, I my vote goes to Novak.
2: Well, I mean, why do they play the games? To score the most points or to win the most? To, to win should yeah. be the goal. He became the, the greatest if, of all time you, this year. If the best record-breaking
1: performance is about winning, that should be on top of everything, in my opinion. Uh, and I, I, I one of the nominees was Michaela Schifrin breaking the record for most World Cup victories with her 87th win, and Max Verstappen winning the Mexican Grand Prix, which was the, the record for most wins in a season. But I think... Locking yourself in as the all-time greatest player in the history of your sport. Seems important. Seems like a big deal. And while tennis is listen,
0: not an A-list listen, sport, listen. it's there's, not a C-list sport. Like there's, like, there's a clear explanation to why this award was his awarded. His name is LeBron James. One, his name is LeBron James. Okay. <laughs> Two, LeBron could be there.
2: Right. Novak? <laughs> well, Novak, He's busy right now? He's
0: busy right he's now. Busy right now. <laughs> give me a <laughs> break! I'm playing in Wimbledon! He's got a semi!
1: He's got a semi-final. Between yeah. points. Yeah, exactly. Novak, we're going to give you one chance. You can either be here and accept this trophy or we're <laughs> yeah. giving it to LeBron.
2: So you guys are burying the lead, by the way. If you bet, will LeBron James retire, the no, minus 1,000? Go ahead and cash that ticket. He's not retiring. He's back, baby. So that's, not
0: that's, the time. that's the story. So LeBron wins the <laughs> record-breaking performance, and a conversation that he's had at the ESPYs is making headlines this morning because LeBron basically said it ain't over. Uh, after accepting the award, quotes, when the season ended, I said I wasn't sure if I was going to keep playing. And I know a lot of experts told you guys what I said, but I'm here now speaking for myself in that moment
2: i out. What? He said a lot of experts told you that I said I was gonna re- thinking about retiring because I said I was thinking about retiring. What did the experts get wrong?
1: Mackenzie Rivers, our NBA expert. Did you think LeBron James was retiring? No, I had no.
0: Like I'd never even heard a rumor. Here we go. He, he continues. Quote: In that moment, I'm asking myself if I can still play without cheating the game. Can I give everything to the game still? The truth is I've been asking myself this question at the end of the season for a couple of years now. I just never openly talked about it. Until you
2: did. (laughs) Until you said, hey, guys, you know, it's been a long season. I don't know. No one believed you then, and now it doesn't matter.
0: Moving on. Quote, you know what brings me back every year? It's watching and coaching my boys and their teammates. I see those kids, and it brings me right back to why I play. Those kids get me back to where I need to be, just the pure love of – this beautiful game so yeah i still got something left a lot left i love you all and thank you so much for watching this journey so far end quote thank you can't wait sounds like lebron is pretty adamant he is playing this coming season not like any of us thought that he wasn't going to play this coming season the question is does he hang around to play with brawny which is what I think everyone has assumed was going to be the case.
2: Just one more year, just one more year, and then next year he can find his free agent destination that makes sense. That's drafting twelve in the draft or somewhere that makes sense. I think it's more likely than not that it happens. You, as crazy as it seemed four years ago, you can now
0: bet on which team will draft Bronny James. The Lakers are the favorite at plus five hundred. The Knicks. Are the second favorite at ten to one. The Cavs are next at eleven to one. The Miami Heat fourteen to one. I guess the question is not which team drafts LeBron James. Which team is
1: which which team 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 picking
0: fifteenth in the draft? Because LeBron, like Bronny James, is not a top five pick. Well, the question is going to be which where does LeBron play next year? Not twenty twenty four. Where does LeBron play in twenty twenty five? Because that's the team that's going to draft Bronny.
2: I got odds for you. Lakers, 5-1. to one. Right, Just read those odds. Those are the odds. <laughs> those are the odds of where LeBron will play. Okay. Most likely the Lakers. <laughs> I
0: didn't know what you were saying there for a second. <laughs> or what about this? AJ, you say Bronny's not going to be a top pick. Them, not, so. a, not a top lottery pick. Um, what if he just stays in college? He's <laughs> entirely possible. Are, are we sure that Bronny is just going to be one and done at USC and then try and, all this just to try and play with his dad in
2: the NBA? And the thing about it is what you hear from scouts is not that he's like this tremendous athlete like his dad, that he's like really smart and that he's like shrewd and like a hard worker and that he's like a freaking Alex Caruso type. Those guys usually don't go in the top 10. They usually don't go after their first year. But if he has any chance to play in the NBA, powers that be are going to you know, make it happen. I got
0: to be honest. Right away. Everyone's hyping up Ronnie James. His younger son, Bryce, be better, yep. had a growth spurt. And because that's what happens when you're kids. I mean, like, I don't have kids. Mackenzie doesn't. Oh, my God. AJ. Let me tell you, it happens. Your your son's, what, 6'4"? 6'4". Yeah, your son's, and he's 16. He's 15. He's 15, and he's 6'. The other one's 11, and he wears a size 11 shoe. So kids go through growth spurts. Bryce has gone through a growth spurt. And this summer, he is actually opening up eyeballs across, like, you know, the, the tournament circuit and whatnot to the point where, like Mackenzie, you just said, he's supposed to be better than Bronny. Yeah, people are talking about it like he is a better prospect at this age than where Bronny was at that age. And they, they have different types of games. They play different positions. Well, there's no NBA. The basketball's positionless anyway. But they have different styles of games. But if you just Google Bryce James and everyone's like, forget about Bronny. Bryce is where it's at.
2: And it's also like Lamelo Ball and LiAngelo Ball and Lonzo Ball. The best one is the youngest one. He gets to learn from his older brothers and his dad.
0: Yeah, Lamelo clearly the better pro than than the two older brothers. So I remember, it was all about Lonzo. Lavar became a star. I didn't mean to rhyme there, but Lavar <laughs> became a sensation because of Lonzo, and Lamelo is better than better than both his older brothers. He's he's the he's the only one that's like an NBA. I don't want to disrespect Lonzo because he actually is a viable NBA player when he's healthy. But uh, LaMelo, clearly the impact player. Yeah. But as a, so everyone's going to
1: be – Angelo, the middle, not so much. I don't know if LeBron has a, another younger kid after Bryce. <laughs> he has a
2: daughter, yeah, a younger daughter.
1: Oh, so she can't play – well, she won't play in the NBA.
2: So, Unlikely. So will Never assume, happened before.
1: We'll assume Bryce is – we'll call him the youngest son. Yeah.
2: I yeah. am the oldest boy.
1: But if Bryce has another <laughs> – you, you can't. You can't. You just – it, it can't be you. If LeBron has another, I don't think you'd be good at it. If LeBron has another son,
0: AJ has no idea about the secession.
1: Reference. I don't know. About, I watched secession. I watched the whole show. I hate everybody on it.
0: I watched it. I just feel like if 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 if, if, I, if I can't do this, I I I I just I just I I, I, I die. I I, 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 die. I, I I die. I die. I die. I die. I die. <laughs>
2: That's Bronny James asking to be part of the Los Angeles League.
1: <laughs> that's Bryce. No, that's Bron. It is by the oldest. Yeah. Isn't Cameron from Ferris Bueller the oldest? Yes.
0: yes. Technically. Yeah. Some college football news. Steve Sarkeesian, Texas head coach, was talking to the media yesterday and said that a Big 12 title would be a great send-off in their final season before the Longhorns head to the sec uh, sure it would it, it, absolutely everyone wants it's, to win a conference I'm, I'm title i'm sure
1: vanderbilt thinks it'd be a nice uh <laughs> it'd be a nice nice end of the season too winning the sec
0: title yeah i think vanderbilt winning like five games would be a nice season missouri for thinks hey an sec title would be fun <laughs> Uh, Texas A&M would love to win an SEC title. Trust me. Texas is the favorite to win the Big 12, plus one all five favorites. Oklahoma is your second favorite at plus 340. Kansas State next at plus 500. Yes, you can make an argument for Texas. They haven't won a conference title since 2009. It's the longest drought in school history, AJ. But I don't think that you can say that they're not the most talented team in this conference? They certainly have a quarterback that looks like he's ready to take
1: the next step. Arch Manning. No, that's not (laughs) what I was was talking about. Quinn Ewers, (laughs) who looks like he's going to be a high pick in the draft. Uh, This feels like a guy who's knocking on the door. He's due a big season,
0: certainly. Their win total this year, 9.5. Over, juiced, minus 140. What are your thoughts? Mm, I'll go over. I really think.
1: I mean, the Alabama game is obviously tough. But now, if they if they let's say they lose to Alabama, I think they can beat Alabama. I think they can beat Alabama. Mm-hmm. It, even if they don't, though, that means they have to lose two games in the SEC or in the uh, the Big Twelve. I, I like their chances. I feel like this is a uh, a good squad, and uh, it's a, it's a big ask because Texas hasn't been that good in a long time. But it feels like everything's built to this season where they they're ready to take that step.
0: Their home games this year. Rice, Wyoming, Kansas, BYU, Kansas State, Texas Tech. That looks like some wins, right? It sounds sounds like a yeah. lot of wins. They're road games: Alabama, Baylor, Houston, new member to the conference, TCU, and Iowa State, and then of course the Red River rivalry uh, against Oklahoma at the Cotton Bowl. That'll work. I think this is. I think it's a ten, a ten and two football team. Sounds like it. football team going to the Big 12 championship. I agree. Well, and then we'll see if Sark can get that Big 12 title, that elusive Big 12 title for the Longhorns before they head to the SEC next season. Speaking of the SEC, we're going to do a conference a week in college football as we work our way towards week zero. And we're going to go the five power five conferences, and then in the sixth week, which will be like the last week before week zero – We'll do the group of five. Okay. So the biggest, baddest conference, because it means more, is the SEC. It just means more. So let's start in the SEC. And in each conference, here's what we're going to do. It's not going to be a long preview. We're not going to go through every team. But AJ and I will each have a a forced over pick and a forced under pick. So we're going to look at the win totals for these teams, and we're going to have a forced over and a forced under pick. We will also pick the champion based on the current market price, and one team that could win the championship. Well, I don't know if we have to call them a dark dark horse. Someone who's not the favorite, or that's yes. Let's say someone who's not in the top two. I feel like is okay. That's fine. That okay. We'll make the rules there. I was going to say if we want to do maybe I don't know five to one or longer or should, should do we do we have to capitalize? I think 5 to 1's a good number. 5 to 1 feels like that that can work. All right, 5 to 1 or longer because most of the favorites, I mean Georgia's a minus 115 in this conference, yeah. right? But in other conferences like Clemson's plus 145, Florida State's plus 150 in the ACC, we just talked about Texas being plus 105 in Oklahoma plus 340 in the Big 12. So I'd say one we pick our champion based on the price and then we also pick one forced pick at 5 to 1 or longer. Okay. It could be a long shot, but anything that we can see happening. So we'll start with our overs. AJ, you go first with your SEC over. I'm going to go with LSU over
1: 9.5. Uh, you can get it at minus 115. LSU, one of the only teams in this conference that's returning a not only a quarterback, but a stud quarterback in Jaden Daniels, surrounded by a ton of weapons on the outside, including Malik Neighbors. Uh, has an experienced offensive line. The defense is going to be solid once again with Brian Kelly overhauling the secondary that he lost through the transfer portal. And the schedule is pretty forgiving, despite playing Florida State in Week One. Uh, even if they don't win that game, which I think they're absolutely live to win that game, even if they don't, I, I don't. Uh, let's say they lose to Alabama. I don't know if they drop another game. So if they if they lose to Florida State, lose to Alabama, that's ten. I don't see them losing another game on that schedule. Uh, if they can get to the SEC title game, remember they they scored thirty points on Georgia in last year's game, eight more than anyone else did in the regular season game. Uh, this is a team who I'm I'm going to use this for a double dip. I'm going to go over nine and a half, and I'm going to use them for my dark
0: horse at five. Well, now you're skipping ahead. Uh, well, I was talking about the same team. You it do- felt like it made sense. You do gooder. Yeah, um, sorry. Spoiler alert, they're my dark horse as well. Okay. Well, there you go. what's what's your reasoning? <laughs> uh everything you said. So uh, I assume you like the over nine and a half as well. Well, yeah, I think they can win the I think they can win the West. And once they win the West, then it's just a, a crapshoot against Georgia. Well, sure. not a crapshoot, they'll be heavily underdogged against Georgia. And they but, should be, but Yeah, of course. But I don't I think the five to one number that you can find out there now on LSU, it's even gone down to four fifty uh at some books. But once they play against Georgia, they're gonna be what, a two fifty underdog? Maybe a plus 300 underdog against Georgia. Yeah. So 5-1
2: to one is better than 250. What do right? you think the point spread would be in a potential a potential Georgia seven. game? Georgia 7. Only 7? I think seven. it would be
1: more than that. I think, it'd be you think more? It, it'll probably be 9.5. I mean,
2: what was Georgia over TCU? They were like 13, right? LSU's not TCU. Yeah, I get that. But I'm just saying um, it's a different level when you talk about Georgia.
0: Well, let's see. What's LSU this year? They're plus 7 at Alabama. Okay. So if they're plus 7 at Alabama— you got to figure on a neutral, which is not really a neutral, but a neutral against at the Georgia, Georgia Dome. I think seven and a half, seven, seven and
1: a half. I honestly think it's, I think Georgia is probably about three to three and a half points better than Alabama. I agree, but. So
2: that you, makes it seven and a half. But
0: think. But Except the Georgia Dome's not a, a neutral
2: It's yes, not a neutral yes, field. Yes, Fair enough.
0: But you also have to take into take into consideration that this is the spreads now. Before anybody plays a game, so if, LU's if LSU, wins, LSU yeah. goes eleven and one or undefeated and wins the SEC okay. West, including a win on the road at Alabama, a lot of it depends on how dominant ranking's are. power ranking going to be sure. higher, and so th- they probably will be about a seven-point dog or whatnot. Yep. Uh, so yeah, that's that's where I'm at right now. With, uh, with give me minus seven, if they make it, but. <laughs> on, for Georgia, yeah, unless LSU looks that good this year, and they're undefeated going to the SEC championship game,
2: so and Georgia will be the same as well. Uh, my- if you got five to one and you got minus seven, you'll be pretty happy when that day comes. Yeah, exactly. yes.
0: My forced over is Texas A&M over seven and a half. Ooh, yeah. I think there's a lot of recency bias built into this line because of how bad they were last year. But let's. I feel like I feel like we have to just sit here and just give Jimbo Fisher a little bit of respect. The guy's a good football coach. Not a good guy's a tremendous football He's coach. He's a good
1: football coach who uh could seriously thinks that football stopped developing in like 1899
0: and well, it's like I'm going to run the same offense forever. Well, but, yeah. this season he brings in Bobby Petrino to now run the offense. So I expect the offense to be much better under Bobby Petrino. On defense, they return their entire front six Maybe front seven, depending on who gets the starting jobs. And with that growth playing together for another year, they got to be better. They were horrible against the run last year, but they were one of the best teams in the country against the pass. So all they got to do is just stop the run, and they'll be better this year. They'll steal some wins. I think Texas A&M, right now, I'm looking at the schedule, and I'm, I, I, I just don't see them only winning seven games. There's wins on this schedule, and if they pull one of these, like, you know, re- like upset wins, like they 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 pull, they, they beat pull, Alabama a, last they, year. Exactly, they pull a rabbit out of their hat, that, their ass, and <laughs> not out of their hat, and they beat a team like Alabama, and, and it could happen. Uh, new, it has happened. Yes, home to New Mexico, at Miami, home to UL Monroe, home to Auburn, against Arkansas, neutral site game. Home to Alabama at Tennessee, home to South Carolina at Ole Miss, home to Mississippi State, home to Abilene Christian, and at LSU. So right now, I'm giving them a loss to LSU. I'm giving them a loss to Tennessee. I'm giving them a loss to one of the Alabama Ole Miss. And yeah, then listen, this is a, it, like this, this is like an eight and four team. It, they're maybe. plus eight and a half. Uh, hosting Alabama. Yeah, this is, but this, I think this is an eight and four team, maybe a
1: nine and three football team. But the, again, remember, this was a team that was like over nine and a half last year and underperformed so miserably. What's
0: changed? What's changed? <laughs> That's I mean, that
2: sounds question. like a reason to bet it. If they they were supposed in, to be really good last yes. year. And
0: they bring in an, an experienced offensive head coach. Bobby Petrino to run this offense.
2: Yeah,
1: I, I, that's the best thing about him. Because last year, I, I bet against Texas A&M a lot last year because it li- it was dinosaur football. And trying to trying to run a dinosaur offense against SEC defenses, good luck, friend. And they had no success. That To me, Bobby Petrino is one of the, the, the most impactful hires that was made in college football this offseason. So if, if he is what I think he can be,
0: I, I like your number here. My forced under. Alabama, under 10 and a half. Greenbow, Alabama! (laughs) There's been so much turnover in this roster. And you look at the quarterback position. For the first time in, uh, it's got to be six years, maybe. 600 years. Yeah. For the first time in what seems like that long, they don't have a star quarterback. It's been Jalen Hurts it's been Tua but again, it's been Bryce Young no one thought Tua was a star quarterback before he what are you talking about as a freshman they put him in the championship game that's when they knew he was a star yeah. did you know he was a star then like he was hyped up coming in everyone everyone gave him they were ready to hand it over to him Jalen Milroe's a pretty big star then if that's Jalen it. Milrow didn't impress last year at all when he's against Texas Am and I don't even know if he's going to be the starter because Tyler Buckner comes in from Notre Dame and they also have Ty Simpson the five-star recruit that Nick Saban hasn't named the starter going into yep. camp so they're all going to get they're all going to get their fair share of 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 opportunity what makes me like Milroe a little bit more than Buckner is his athleticism and I think Nick Saban over the years has kind of evolved the way that he views the quarterback position And he's, you know, gone are the days of A.J. McCarron and Mac Jones uh, and and enter the age of Bryce Young and Tua and and Jalen Hurts and Jalen Milrow. So I think we'll see a a definite tough test against Texas early. They could lose that game. They also have a stretch of three road games in four weeks in the middle of the season. And I just think there's going to be some sort of hiccup along the way. They're going to lose a game that they should win. We know they're favored all the time, but they're going to lose a stupid game. It just happens all the time with Alabama. They go through these spurts where it's either undefeated national championship or they have a stupid loss somewhere. Yeah. And this seems like a year where there's going to be a
1: stupid loss. Fair enough. Uh, For my under, I'm going to go with Mizzou under six and a half. Eli Drinkwitz continues to fail when it comes to coaching quarterbacks in the three years that he's been there only Brady cook last year started and then finished the season at quarterback. And then he had an off season surgery that could limit him coming into next season. So they've got a new OC, which is probably a good thing long-term, but Kirby Moore, who they brought in from Fresno, he's not going to be able to turn this thing around overnight. Jake Hayner's not here. they like, it's not automatic. I mentioned that they lost their uh, When I was talking about LSU, i mentioned that LSU got the, their, the best wide receiver from Mizzou. Maybe I didn't mention that actually, but They did. They took Missouri's best wide receiver in this Mm -hmm. offseason. So, Mizzou's without a number one wide receiver. Offensive line was dreadful last year, and most of those guys return as seniors. Usually, we like returning offensive line, not if they stink. And most of these guys are returning from an offensive line that was just dreadful last year. Mizzou starts a season with South Dakota State and Middle Tennessee, who, by the way, Middle Tennessee knocked off Miami last season, Mm -hmm. Don't lest we forget both should be wins. Kansas State, Memphis, those are both tough games. Their conf- their cross-conference uh, selection this week or this season was LSU. That's a disaster. They also got most of their coin flip games on the road. Arkansas is on the road, Kentucky's on the road. Those are the teams that are around their level. Mizzou's yet to have a winning season under Drinkwitz. They finished 500 4 straight seasons. I don't see why this year they suddenly get over the hump and win seven games. So I'll go under on Missouri, uh, minus uh, under six and a half, minus 130.
0: There's our SEC quick preview. Next week we'll get into the Big Ten. We didn't do our winner. It's Georgia. It's Georgia. Minus
1: 110. Bet on Georgia to win.
0: Like they're, I said, next win. week we'll get into the Big Ten as we do a conference a week leading up to week zero of the college football season. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. BetterHelp. I've been drinking AG1, because for AG1, quality isn't just a buzzword. AG1's ingredients are heavily researched for efficacy and quality,
1: Joining us now on Straight Out of Vegas AM. We couldn't get him out of bed last night. Why'd but you look Mumble at him. AM? Straight Out of Vegas AM. You go straight out of Vegas AM. I, I don't know. I didn't do it intentionally. Be proud of your brand. Straight Out of Vegas AM, where you listen every morning. Couldn't get him to come out for the pod last night. He was
3: had some busy – I think he was at a ball. When you say every morning, what about Saturday morning?
1: Not Saturday morning. Sunday morning. Not Sunday morning. Okay. Every
3: weekday morning. <laughs> all right, all right. But all look right. at RJ, up
1: bright and early here with us today. Clearly, there was something going on on his mind that he was like, I wish I could have been there for the pod last night. You couldn't make it in or Tuesday took, night.
3: I, I took a day off, and the phone didn't has not stopped beeping since – like, we can't do it without you. I we know. We can't do it without you. So I said, all right. And you know what? I'm motivated because I got one major topic. I is it your make.
1: haircut? I did get a
3: nice haircut.
1: I'm I- telling you. <laughs> Mackenzie, am I lying? He looks 10 years younger. And I'm not just saying that because he's my boss. I, like, this is a, a real phenomenon. Well,
3: really, the implication is is that I looked old before. You did. You, were, you looked grizzled. <laughs> Has Well, listen, being your boss, doesn't. <laughs> you're no spring chicken at the end of that. But I will say this, the Buffalo Bills are a dumpster fire. Wow, that's harsh. They're like a plane that's going down in concentric circles to its sudden explosion, perhaps. I wonder where your head's at, because let's be honest, you grew up in a, I don't know, a dysfunctional family, is that fair to say? Uh, I don't think it was dysfunctional. Well,
1: most I people, guess maybe some people would call it that. <laughs> most I, people
3: in a dysfunctional family have cognitive dissonance. They try to avoid, they can, like, something can be right. Like, I have that to some degree. Like, I once I had a mirror sitting in the middle of my conversation pit, right? My house was built uh-huh. in 79. It's a conversation, but old school. And it was a broken mirror. It got delivered broken. So I just threw it in the conversation pit. It was there like a year later. I didn't see it. It's like my mind, it wasn't there. Wow. Okay. Because when, when I grew up, if you saw everything clearly and kept in your mind, you'd go cuckoo. So I had to like somehow think, you know. He you're able to
1: black things out that you don't want to see. Exact
3: compartmentalization mm-hmm. is how they call it. I think you've got the same thing. Maybe so. And I think you're compartmentalizing the disaster that the Buffalo Bills seem to be at this point.
1: Thoughts? Well, first of all, my thoughts are you're telling me that they're a disaster. The market doesn't agree. There's been no movement on the bills since the open really. Like they're at 10.8, which is basically what they've been all along. Like
3: so it- so 10.8 is between 10 and a half and 11 wins. We adjust that on the decimal point based upon money lines and such, right? So uh money lines worth about 50 cents a half win. So in theory, if you're 10 110, you'd be 10 and a half uh or let's say that you're going under, for example, you'd go Under 10, minus 110, it'd be under 10 and a half, which is more attractive, minus 160.
1: For instance, at Westgate right now, the bills are 10 and a half. If you want the over, it's minus 140. You want the under, plus 120.
3: Okay. And thus, it's a little bit more than 10 and a half because it's that extra VIG uh, or lay price. Okay. So, if you look at the Super Bowl odds, which is a different market, less savvy market, more of a public market, right after the Super Bowl... McKenzie provided me this seven to one the Bills second favorite to win it all now third favorite eight and a half to one so seven to one to eight and a half to one not in, not insignificant not insignificant I think it's fair to say and right now the Eagles are the ones that passed them and we got KC favorite six to one Philly second as we said seven and a half to one Bills eight and a half to one Bengals nine and a half to one. And somehow arbitrarily, the 49ers got added at nine and a half to one, which again is crazy. They well, dro- how much have they dropped? Uh, they were also eight to one,
2: so
1: uh-huh. similar drop. I think notable though is he didn't put up the six team. The six team is the New York Jets, who post Super Bowl were twenty nine to one and are now fifteen to one. Mm-hmm. So them Aaron being Rogers in the same obviously. division, I, I think maybe that it, it takes away a little bit from the Bills there.
3: If the bookies somehow wanted to keep the same hold, they don't often. Sometimes True. they'll just. Uh, make odds worse for certain people. That's true. Or better for certain people. Cockroaches. Oh, no doubt. (laughs) All right, but let's be candid. I coined a phrase last year about the Eagles. I don't want to make a big deal just because I was so prescient on that, but I was. The Eagles, I said, were having a timber moment in which finally the chitter chat or the jibber-jabber gets to be so consistent. You're like, this is something everyone's going to think soon enough. Like a tree. Oh, it looks like the tree's falling. Look, look, Timber No, it's definitely that, it's that not leaning, it's falling It's coming down. I think the anti-bills were in a timber moment. I don't think it's gonna be as drastic as the Eagles. I think it's gonna be from this was probably the best team last year. This was the narrative up until mm, yesterday, maybe. <laughs> the Bills were the best team. Hamlin happened. It was a huge distraction. It snowed in Buffalo. They couldn't get any traction coming off the ball, the D-line, and the Bengals were able to block them, and lo and behold, Bengals won. Okay, maybe, but what I would say is since that, and again, the Hamlin situation, you got to put first and foremost in our minds how did it affect that Bills team, because entering the game, that Hamlin got hurt. It was a Monday night game. It was the Cincy game. They were at Cincy. The Bills were favored. Now, this game was at Cincy. Yeah. Bills favored by two, two and a half. It was steam at the end on the Bills. Now, that's crazy. Right now, most people think Cincy's better than the Bills. Um, looking at this eight and a half to one, nine and a half to one, yeah, maybe they think they you might say. I'd well, say
1: they think they're similar.
3: Yeah. And, and you would say, well, who has the easier path? Well, those are probably the two toughest divisions. Right, the East and the AFC yep. and the North and the I would say they're two of the most by far. Um, do they play? Oh, let's see here. So the Bengals and the Bills play. Oh, they, oh, this was the Monday night game. Yeah, it it actually went up to minus two and a half, minus two seventeen on the Bills. That's almost minus three. And right now, if you call them even, that's a drastic change because and if these teams were even, Cincy would have been favored by two at home you know that's where home field has gone right. too so i mean we're talking like five points of adjustment since up, bengals down
1: yeah or well bills down uh,
3: yeah yeah B- yeah bills down
1: yeah and i think that a lot of it has to do with the game that was played and i oh. i downplay it some the, the,
3: the it was 8 minutes wasn't it
1: no i'm talking about the uh, the the next game uh, that okay, they played okay yeah uh but i downplay that first game suns and say the bills were down A score. Yeah. I I don't, I, the Bills being down a score isn't the end of the world in my mind because they're one of the most quick strike. But Fez will say the live line was this, this is what. Which is
3: true, right? I mean, what we know for sure is the Bills weren't going to run him out of the stadium. Right. Which is possible any given game, right? So, uh, but, but how do you, I mean, let's be honest. The one game in theory you're not supposed to discount is playoff games. Right. Because everyone's focused, every injured player's playing the best of his ability. So why discount that game? Cause I'm not cause discounting it, that
1: game. Oh, you're saying you don't discount? No, I don't discount that game.
3: So how do you explain it?
1: I you? think the the Bengals are as good as the Bills, and they were better on that day.
3: But they dominated. It wasn't even a game.
1: I, it wasn't. It wasn't a competitive how game. How
3: often do you see an elite playoff team, the team spoke like when the – you could have made the case the Bills were the best team when there was the 13 seconds from Howe, right? I think maybe they were the best team that year, but it took some amazing – quarterbacking, amazing, bad play calling from the Bills. They, you know, <laughs> I mean, that was as bad as you get, and it took a miracle for them to lose. That happens. Like, you think about it, when the Cowboys won two in the 90s, then they, I think they didn't win one or two, then they won against the Steelers mm-hmm. in 95. Those two years in between, there's usually like going to be injuries, there's going to be a fluky game. It happens. No team's ever won three in a row in the Super Bowl era. The Steelers won two in a row, and then in Super Bowl XI. This sounds crazy, but they didn't make it, but they lost, like, both running backs coming into the conference finals, I think, against the Raiders. So that's a situation where, at the time, running was king, before 78 especially, it makes sense. You don't win without Franco and Rocky Blyer if you're the Steel. You don't have a third-string running back win in 1977 or whatever. That happened. The, you don't see a, a, like a champion-level team get dispatched. Like think about the 49ers and the Cowboys in the 90s. Those were tough games. The Bills, at what point, if you were a Bills fan, did you think they got this?
1: Against the Chiefs?
3: Well, No, I'm talking against the Bengals.
1: Oh, I never thought they had it. So Not, not in that game.
3: So if the Bills were as good as they were supposed to be, which is say the best team in the league last year was how they were in the power rankings, they don't lose that playoff game the way they did. Probably not. So that means we had to reevaluate them. That game means something then. Sure. Right? Um, how do you like the evolution of the Bills since then?
1: Uh, or de evolution. Yeah. I I'm not thrilled about it. Uh lose a defensive coordinator. Um who
3: left in in let's be candid. He chose to leave. Yeah. It wasn't one of these mutual parting boo you know, BS. It was him saying Okay, you want to pay me how much? I'm guessing 2 million a year. Can you see what Leslie Frey was it Leslie Frey? Fre- yeah. how much he made last year? It's probably public. I'm assuming about two sticks. Let me think. I can have two sticks to do this job and maybe be in a position for a head coaching job. And his name's been kicked around the last 2 years. He said, "You know what? I'm going to go catch up on my Netflix." That's what he chose to do.
1: <laughs> now, does that sound right to no, you? No, it doesn't it seems like I'd probably gather two more sticks and watch Netflix in the off season.
3: <laughs> so, so who What do you think drove that, if you had to guess?
1: Um, I think it would be McDermott wanting to have a more hands-on approach and Leslie Frazier
3: not being thrilled about that. You know, what I heard is McDermott only really called a handful of plays the year before. Apparently, he took over play calling during that 13 seconds.
1: Of the the Chiefs game? Yeah. That wouldn't surprise me.
3: So he says, you know what? We want more of that. We want more. See, that's the thing. Usually – Head coaches have to learn. Listen, you were a technician; you were the guy doing the X's and O's. Now you're an executive. Tomlin doesn't call defense. No, he, I don't think he ever did. I mean, he had one year as a DC in Minnesota. That was it. He's an executive. Now it's good to have a coach that can be both an executive and a technical expert. Like, you know, let's be let's be honest. Uh, my favorite coach in New England. He's able to do some stuff. If he had to coach, I don't know, any position group, he'd be fine. But Belichick is a dying breed, but McDermott was an elite defensive coordinator. But it's been years since he called yep. the defense. How does he think now is the time? I mean, he should have been game managing. As Fez says, that kickoff was the problem. And I, I don't disagree. But now he's thinking, i got to take my energy away from that for what? I think, it, defense? I think
1: it's a, it was a panic move. I, I think it was a, in the moment. It's like, oh, my God, we're going to lose this game. Like and so, I need to I need to do something here. Well, that's
3: why he did that. Why is he doing it for the whole season? Now? I, that
1: I don't have an answer for. And again, that's one of the reasons why I'm concerned. I, I, like I, I think that you you feel like you're going to come at me about the bills, and well, I'm going to like two def- weeks ago, I'm going to defend them. Two
3: weeks ago, I said this. You said what are you talking about? No, I did not. I you said I said that. I agree with your under. You actually quoted Mackenzie. Said what's changed? No, what's changed.
1: I am not as bullish on the bill. Like I think the bills. Oh
3: Jesus, four million. 4 million. He said, no, thanks. (laughs) I'm going to rest up. (laughs) AJ's mouth is a gape right now. Reading the screen.
1: (laughs) My thought is last year was right now their best chance to win. And when they didn't win last year, I knew that the window, what it was last year was going to be smaller this year. I think I still think there's a year that they can be competitive this season. Yeah. I think next year it gets pretty pretty tough.
3: Well, the Vaughn Miller signing was the worst. It, it, did I hear this right? A six-year deal they signed him to. I mean, I'm sure there's some void kind of years. Of, yeah, it, there's an but out, still, but yeah,
1: it was a, it was a big contract, an unnecessarily big contract.
3: Actually, McKenzie, you mind looking to see what the um, dead cap hit would be next year and then the year after? Yeah. Because that's the way to look at it, right? Is is how much like right now? I think. Uh, Aaron Rodgers costing like $40 million on the Packers cap.
1: If they cut him after twenty uh, in 2025.
3: All right, so that means this year no, and, it, and next year they'd yeah. have to keep him.
1: Yes. Okay. Uh, it would be a $15 million dead cap.
3: But what happens if they cut him after this year? $32 million. <laughs> so they can't cut him. They can't. It's two more years. Yeah. So they signed him in a deal that had to be three years. Yeah. That was a disaster. Well. I mean, and then it's 15, which is not nothing. But at the same time, I I didn't
1: hate it because you had a quarterback on a rookie contract and it was you pushing all your chips your, in but on but the why table. Why not
3: spend your money on something better than a guy who, quite frankly, was almost a giveaway when he was—at I mean, the end of Denver, they thought he was done. And the only reason the draft choices that they received were decent was because Denver took on all his salary— Think, go back and research it, guys. Is and gals is if you're interested. Is Von Miller went? I think for a second and a third, which was way more than you'd think, but Denver paid pretty much his whole salary, including the time when he was in LA. Yeah. So it was like they they were going all in, and they said, "Okay, we'll give away draft choices for more salary cap effectively because someone else is paying it." But it, it, there was no sense if you go back at the time and read. You know, Von Miller making the difference for the Rams. I don't think we even mentioned it. I mean, you were a big Rams fan that year. Mm -hmm. I Stafford, for some reason, you were big on him. And, hey, they came through. But it wasn't like Von Miller was a big conversation. But Von Miller did play well for them. He did. But now if you play well for two or three games, and now he's a year older, or now he's two years older than he was, that feels like a panic move. The head coach becoming the play caller on defense feels like a panic move.
1: I think what they saw was in 2019 so like just looking at PFF grades 2019 remember Von Miller didn't play in 2020 2019 if if you just look at PFF 2019 was his worst season so 2019 so he's getting older
3: 2019 hits worst season he's injured the entire 2020
1: 2021 plays well between two teams but what's well? What's the PFA? He was at 91.2. Well, that's excellent. Which is the third highest of his career, fourth highest of his career. I mean, it was I mean, elite.
3: That's, that is elite, no doubt. Okay. And then
1: the Bills say, you know what? He's back to playing at an elite level. We're going to pay him elite money. And they did. And last year he was 85.8, which is.
3: He was playing pretty well. But, again, the question is, can he be playing in January?
1: Well, and will he be, is he going to be. Better this year than he was last year at no. thirty-four years old. I, but if,
3: even if he drops off only ten percent and stays healthy, it's a fine, it's an okay signing. But what's the odds of that? Could it even be fifty percent that he's going to play no. all games?
1: And this is why I say I don't, I didn't hate it at the time because once that Josh Allen contract becomes onerous, which is really next season, it's get like that's where your roster is going to have to start crumbling around him.
3: Just, but just to be clear, when you sign someone multiple years ago like they have. And the cap hit's not really problematic for three years. You're pushing that on. The, it, it's going to be more problematic. I mean, yeah. think of it like this: you got a thousand dollars you've got to pay, and you got ten years to pay it. You can in no interest. You can pay a hundred a year, or you can pay twenty twenty. Let's say twenty one year twenty the next. Now you've got another hundred and sixty to pay on top of the next eight hundred. You know, yeah. it's like they've just pushed it all into the future. And they're not winning now. I mean,
1: that's the big problem Yeah, is that like the windows being wasted. And that's the concern that this is the last real year of their window to win.
3: And I agree with that. I mean, which when you have a top five quarterback, which segues into our next topic. But when you have a top five quarterback, why not be like Joe Burrow says every year I'm here is our window. I think it's when his diamonds are. are, are, Yeah, I think it's easy
1: to say that. But in reality, eventually, when Joe Burrow's paid at at, at the highest level.
3: Is every year Mahomes is a quarterback, at least at his current level of play, the Chiefs are in it. Because if there's any year you would say the Chiefs are down, if I would have said pick one year of the last two in the next two, meaning last year was 22. So if I said, okay, from 2021, 22, 23, 24, that's five years. Which year do you think Kansas City has the least chance, the lowest chance of winning? I would have said it was last year.
1: Really? Because no Tyreek Hill?
3: Tyreek, they were getting used to it. They were resetting the cap. That was supposed yeah. to be the down year. But I also think,
1: like, comparing anyone, even Josh Allen to Patrick Mahomes, is is, is silly. Like, Josh Allen's not as good as Patrick Mahomes. Except
3: when he gets hot, he's probably better. I would make the case in that two years ago when they had the playoff run in which they got beat in the last 13 seconds, that Allen was playing better than Mahomes. Remember, he beat the Patriots. Remember, there was the win game against the Patriots. Mm-hmm. Everyone was saying Belichick's a genius. Bills aren't as good. From there on, it was like the Bills. I think they had a tough game the next week. I remember they were like three and a half point dogs at Tampa or something. But then they got to that end, and they had like they scored seven touchdowns yep. against the Patriots. They were as good as any teams ever been. Yeah, they, they, I
1: mean, they, the last game against the Patriots, they didn't
3: punt. Yeah, and then and then the next two playoff games, they were yep. were killing. And then. Then the head coach took over the play call. Yeah, but don't you think Josh Allen is best? You only listen. Joe Flacco taught us. You only need to get on a four game winning streak to win a Super Bowl.
1: I think that Josh Allen's skill for skill can be as good as Patrick Mahomes, but I do think there's something to guys who, who yeah. can win and are like like I think Patrick Mahomes is a winner. He's a proven so winner. So
3: Josh Allen is not a winner. He's not a proven winner yet. Here's his annual cap hit. So last year, 16 mil. I'm going to forget the point four. Okay, 16. This year, 18. Boy, he signed a reasonable contract. <laughs> now, the next five years, 47, 56, 52, 45, 41. Now, 27, 28 won't be so bad. Caps up and everything. But 47, 56, 52.
1: That's why if they don't did win. Did he
3: really need that 56?
1: I don't think he did. <laughs> That's why if they don't win this year, they're, they're not going to win. Like, there's no, there's no Super Bowl to be had in this Josh Allen era if they don't win it this year. Let's
3: just say it's much more difficult. No right? doubt. But isn't it more egregious that Von Miller's on the cap for monster numbers those next two yes. years? See, I think you pay him big for two years. You don't pay him big for five or whatever. I agree. <sighs> Disaster. I mean, so listen, you said it. The market has not moved on the bills. But I've got my ear to the ground. And I'm telling you, there's a timber moment. Coming up, where everyone's going to say the bills aren't what they used to be, and there's problems in Buffalo. One last question: I'm a huge movie fan of you know art house or you know alt movies that are just you know not the yeah. not the Hollywood blockbusters. Which again, there's good Hollywood blockbusters occasionally. Um, oh, I love that! What was that movie where they the three people uh, or they were in the Bachelor part? Hangover, the Hangover. Hangover yeah. That that's a movie. I was a rare person that thought Hangover 2 was better. That's a good movie, too. What was it, Bangkok? They said he got lost to Bangkok. To yeah, I think it was Bangkok. <laughs> I just laugh when I hear Bangkok. <laughs> it's like pounding balls, Yeah, as Fez would say. All right. Now, did I hear this right? On my day off, you guys decided not to talk about Waikiki or the rest of the island. You decided to talk about... Rating women.
1: Yeah. You said, let's
3: let's make them, like, meet somehow and rate them.
1: Fez said Jennifer Lawrence is a seven. How did that even come up? I don't even remember, but I I did say, Fez, almost every man believes he can score a seven. Okay. Because, like, seven is the number you set on your scale, the scale that you create Uh that says that's achievable.
3: Okay, okay.
1: Like, it's a a chick that I could get, but she's still going to be hot. A chick. A lady. Uh Uh-huh, okay. I could get, but she's still hot. Uh Uh-huh. And I said, Fez, do you really think there's a world where you could score Jennifer Lawrence? Uh-huh. And he had no answer for that. But he, he maintained that she's a 7.
3: Well, when you were a virgin until you got married, you don't even think of it <laughs> in those terms. Right? I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I would say this. More than disagreeing with anyone's statement, the very act of the conversation is disagreeable. Well, you weren't with here, someone, to, you weren't here someone, to stop us. I, I, <laughs> Mackenzie, what did you think of it? Uh... And Kenzie sounds like he's on the moon. Stay, stay on for a second. One small step for man, <laughs> one giant leap for man. God. Is that good? Better know, huh? All right. Oh, oh, well, Oh, what? yeah, his fan on. Oh, uh, 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 well, yeah. yeah. Why, I mean, listen, why wouldn't you? I mean <laughs> have air blowing right into the mic. <laughs> uh, he probably didn't expect you to go to him on that. Uh, but boy, he made sure to keep his line open. That's true. All right. Here's my last question on Buffalo. Is this the is this straight out of Vegas AM? It is. All right, you might want to do a call now. Go ahead. Do, like, do a uh, what do they call that? You know, how reset. The reset. reset. Yeah.
1: Uh, yeah. It's not on radio. They know what they like. It says it on their phone. Yeah, some people forget. You though. tell me to make not make this like radio.
3: <laughs> I agree with that because there's some bad elements to radio, like a commercial every 30 seconds. RJ Bell joining us here on Straight Out of Vegas AM. Uh-huh. Uh huh. You like that? South uh, feature speaker South by Southwest. <laughs> I mean, we can go down a resume. All right. Now, now I, you know, Austin overrated. Oh, you're out of your mind. Although, you know what? Overrated. It's, it's a good city. It's, just it's
1: becoming a, overrated. When were you the featured speaker? What year?
3: I guess maybe four years ago now.
1: Okay. Yeah, you were, it was probably already getting to be overrated.
3: Yeah, because to me, here's the thing. If you're of college age, it's probably one of the better college towns. But at a certain point, a college town, you don't want a dive bar. You don't want, you know, you, like New York City isn't a college town. No. Right? So it's a, you know, las not. So there's, Vegas isn't a college town. I think Austin's a great college town. And I, let me just tell you this. <laughs> there's a chicken place down there. I guess it's only in Memphis and Austin. Do you remember? When I, mm. you know, okay. It, I, I should be able to remember. But I tried it. I mean, it was fast food. But it was like only in Austin, only in Memphis is my understanding, at least at the time. And they have a very spicy, like, fried chicken. I ate there once. I go, man, is that good. I ate there the next day. Man, is that good. Ate there the next day. Mmm. You know, Mary, who runs the, uh, you know, credit cards and stuff, she calls and says, hey, uh, I think your card's stolen. Like, she was being – I go, what? There's been one restaurant that's had the same charge for three straight days. <laughs> I go, It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> you know what i'm talking about yeah. i don't everyone I'm, knew uh, is it gus's yes
1: okay Gus. that's good chicken that? yeah i've had oh it's spicy yeah it's good chicken and
3: it's like a it's like a kfc type setup
1: yeah but it, uh, yeah, and it's good chicken i lived in austin from 2004 to 2010 and i thought at the time austin was the best city in the world
3: but your only choice at the time you would live where
1: I'd lived in well, Houston, Nashville. Nashville. That's some. Yeah, cool. You
3: think about it. You seem like you're like chasing the college. Nashville is like a young person's like go to make it as a uh, as a uh, country singer type yeah. place, and then Austin's like go down there, oh, start a band, get discovered, a South by Southwest. Boy, you were chasing that dream, it was, I guess you? so. Yeah. Now you're talking about Joe Burrow. Now I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know that's a dream too. I right, here's my thought though. We were talking about art movies. There's a great movie called Buffalo Sixty Six. Haven't seen it. And there was a guy named Vincent Gallo, who's really like one of the great, in my opinion, strivers. Like this guy was actually in a band in New York City when he was like 17 with the artist Basquiat, who is you know, probably the most famous um African American artist. And you know he was the first one to become really famous. And now these uh, paintings from himself, Basquiat sells for 10, 20, 50 million, like huge numbers, oh, right? Wow. He was a gr- graffiti artist to start. There's a good movie actually called Basquiat about him. Um, well, Vince Gallo was in his band. He also did, you know, he did some art house stuff and then he got all his own money and did Buffalo 66 in like maybe 1998. And uh, Christina Ricci was in it. He grew up in Buffalo. And the whole premise was that he believed the city of Buffalo was under a hex. And the hex came from the Bills never winning the Super Bowl. And that the entire town just felt like they were losers or that somehow there was a curse on them. You know, there was something about them that they couldn't win. And it permeated the day-to-day. All right? Now, great movie. And it's been 30 years almost, or 25 years, and they still haven't won one. First of all, how did you become a Bills fan? You Because none of those cities were Buffalo.
1: No. Uh, when I was a little kid, the the USFL team in Houston was the Houston Gamblers. Yes. And Jim Kelly was the quarterback. I remember.
3: Okay, this makes sense now. And
1: then when Jim Kelly went to the Buffalo Bills, I became a Bills fan. So there was no Houston. There was a Houston Oilers. Okay. Uh, Earl Oilers. Campbell
3: wasn't good enough for you. Or, right? Well,
1: Earl Campbell was past his prime by the time I was watching football.
3: Yeah. He was good. Oh, yeah. I mean, those old highlights are not jo- no joke. It's crazy. The Steelers, the whole steel curtain had to try to stop. I remember one time they played a Monday night game, and I was so young, you know, maybe 78, 79, I had to go to bed, and my dad scribbled what the score was. You know, it's a pre-internet, and the final was 6-3. <laughs> did you
1: did you like Earl Campbell as a kid, or did you no. hate him because he pl- didn't play for the Steelers? Because it feels like a Steelers kind of player. He just didn't play for the Steelers. The thing
3: about the Steelers is if you're a Steelers fan, you appreciate the greats that come at you. Like, I don't like the Ravens, but I respect the Ravens. Okay. So you had to respect Earl Campbell, because remember, people forget this. Steelers beat the Houston Oilers in the playoffs the last two Super Bowls they won. So like there's the fame they say that that the all of instant replay stems from a call in that one Steelers game in which they won in Super Bowl 13 after is uh, it was getting two feet down. I think a, I think it was Renfro's dad. I mean, and and it was like a controversy and a half. But the Steelers won. <laughs> but, but no, Campbell was, re- I respected him. But I didn't like bum Phillips. Okay. He was the coach. Yeah. Because he's the one saying, first year we knocked on the door. Next year we kicked on the door. Or, or we banged on the door. This year we kick it in. But they didn't. They didn't. <laughs> he had a, but but then Phillips ended up, Did he have a? Let's think about this now. Wade Phillips was his dad. There we go. Wade Phillips is his son. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wade Phillips is dad. Yes. Okay. So my question is this: To what degree the Bills making these panic decisions? To what degree is it the impatience of the fan base? Because the Bills mafia is a mafia for a reason. They're fanatical to finally win one. Yeah. That doesn't really. That doesn't lead to patience. It does not. What do you think? If
1: the Bills were the Steelers or the Cowboys and their fans had already seen a bunch of uh, cha- or the 49ers seen championships, they probably would be more patient, more smart. But the Bills haven't. They are they are desperate for
3: one. So in a way, you're saying the Bills decreasing their chances to win a Super Bowl is the fault of the Bills' mafia.
1: No, I would never say that because I don't want them coming after but me. That's what you're saying. Yeah, though. kind of. I, I do think the impatience of the fan base. Uh that's RJ Bell who's been filling in for Scott while he's been in the bathroom. Appreciate you, RJ. Uh Scott looks like he's coming back in now. You no, know,
3: we I mean he's been waiting, waiting to get in. I was thinking I could do a Rocky imitation, but you know, let's let him get back in.
0: Leave it to the pros. You know, it would have been nice if you left the door unlocked for me. Sorry. I've been out in the hall. I mean and no one's answering my text messages. Oh. I'm out in the hallway you've texting. You've been in the hall, not pooping for I was last done 30 with minutes. the restroom and I'm waiting to get in. And I'm texting mm-hmm. and no one's answering my text messages. I understand you put your phones off when you're recording but like you can you can check your phones let me in the door mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. S- sit in the hallway playing on my phone for the past 15 20 minutes
2: <laughs> your phone sure yeah that's what it was <laughs> all
0: right well uh, I guess uh promo code time sure Head on over to pregame.com. You could have just had RJ do this, you know. He, instead, he walks out the door like he's got to get out of here and go somewhere. Head I, on loved, I love that after all that time, RJ leaving is what lets Scott in. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. Head on over to pregame.com. Take advantage of the incredible discounted packages we have available for you guys on the website. You first off have to sign up and become a pregame.com member. And it's quick. It's easy. It takes about a minute. And it's free. But not only is it free, we pay you to do it. Because as a new Pregame.com member, you get $25 to spend on anything on the website. You can also enter in our free contests, like the Beat Sleepy J Free Major League Baseball Contest. What is that, you might ask? I'll answer it for you. Sleepy J earned over 25 units in the Major League Baseball season, second half of the season, after the All-Star break last year. So, this is the contest. Start now with the second half of the season and go through the world series, the contestant who earns the most MLB units in that span is going to win $250 cash, not bulk dollars cash, cash. You just, you pocket it, do whatever you want with it. Here's the kicker though. If you earn more than the 25.53 units that sleepy Jay earned last year in the second half of the season, you get an extra $250 bonus. That's $500 for first place if you beat Sleepy J. What and if I
2: don't? It's too risky. I can't I mean, I mean, can't necessarily win every competition I enter.
0: It's free to enter. Just go to pregame.com. As long as you're a pregame.com member, click on Contests, find the Beat Sleepy J MLB Contest, and enter for free. So get your free $25, enter the Beat Sleepy J MLB Contest for free, and... Use our promo code BREAK20 to take 20% off anything at Pregame.com. You want to get a daily best bet package? Sure, take 20% off. You want to get a weekender all-access for your favorite pregame pro? Sure, take 20% off. A seven-day all-access? Even better, 20% off. How about one of our other football combo packages, NFL, college football? The picks are going out. The football picks are going out. We're moving markets, even. take Oh, yeah, yeah, we are. Take 20% off using the promo code BREAK20. Twenty for Mackenzie Rivers, AJ Hoffman, and R.J. Bell, who's out the door, and I'm in. I'm Scott Zeller. We are straight out of Vegas.
2: It. am.